Welcome to A Bun Dance. You guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hello to our special guest, Kathleen Bosselman, and also hello to our listeners. So Kathleen is one of my closest friends and someone who I look up to since I moved to New York City. I feel lucky to have crossed paths with her, and thank you, Alden LaPaglia and Alden Moves Dance Theater, for bringing us together. Kathleen is a multifaceted artist with many talents. As a dancer, dance and yoga instructor, and her most recent accomplishment, a certified massage therapist. She excels in all that she does. I'm incredibly proud of her and I look forward to today's conversation. So thanks for being here. Oh, wow. Thanks, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be here and I'm excited to meet you, Kristen. Um, Yeah, thank you. Yes, uh, very excited to have you, as I said. All right, so let's begin by discussing where you got your start in dance. Please tell us about growing up in Toledo, Ohio, and your start with Toledo Ballet. Yeah, so I'm I'm from originally from Toledo, Ohio, um, which I feel like is kind of the best of both worlds in terms of, like I, I I still feel like I have a little bit of small town energy, um, especially living in New, living in New York. But Toledo really is it's a city, and I had excellent instruction growing up. Um, Toledo Ballet, again, was sort of the best of both worlds because I had, Toledo couldn't really sustain a professional company at that point in time, Um, but I feel like I got professional level instruction while still getting to do um, pretty significant roles in like pretty large scale productions as a child. Both of my instructors growing up were former Broadway performers. Um, so I had a pretty early exposure to others, genres and other styles while still having a ballet focused training. I was pretty resistant to doing anything else about ballet. I'm sure um, anybody who had me as a child would say that they would not expect me to do any other kind of work later on. But I did get a strong emphasis in those other styles and was and, and I think from an early age had an idea that maybe my career wouldn't go in this very particular track that I think a lot of people who are in the ballet avenue think that their careers have to follow. So yeah. Awesome. And then you decided to pursue Joffrey Ballet at the end of high school. Is this correct? Yeah. So I I went to Joffrey my senior year of high school and I, I think by that point, I knew I wanted to dance professionally. Well, to be fair, I think I always knew I wanted to dance professionally. I don't remember having like a light bulb moment where things just fell into place. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. In fact, I think as a younger child, I sort of had this idea that everybody who was older than me went on to become professional dancers somewhere. I don't know where I thought they went. I, I think I must have thought that they went graduated into the world of dancers in Ohio that dance professionally, which obviously doesn't, you know, there, while there are companies in Ohio, they're not in, there were no professional companies in Toledo at that time. So I don't know where I thought they went. But anyway, I looked up to everybody older. I assumed like if you went to ballet school as a kid, you would grow up and you would dance in the long term. Um, it wasn't until much later on that I was like, oh, this isn't actually like a normal thing to do with your life. So I don't remember a deciding moment. I don't remember, like, like I don't remember having any inspiration to becoming a dancer. I just I thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, and so when I did get old enough to be like, all right, I think I think I need to figure out how we're going to go about doing this since clearly this isn't like a traditional career path for the average Joe. I knew I needed more full-time training and it was sort of just waiting for the stars to align. Um, 
both financially and in terms of where I was at in high school. I mean, I, I had to, I had to finish high school. Um, and so by my senior year of high school, I only had a couple credits left that I needed to complete. Um, and, you know, I sat down with my parents and I had a conversation. I was like, I'd really, really like to go to New York. Um, and I'd gone to Joffrey for three or four summers, I think, but prior to that. And um, so they knew the program and they knew how much I loved the instructors. Um, and I think they valued how important it was for me at that point. Um, um, so somehow I convinced them and they let me move across the country um, and I settled here. Wow. So have you been in New York City since or you kind I of started your roots? Yeah. So I bounced around a lot after that. Um, and we can talk about that. All the all the little pit stops I made along the way. But I did spend a year at Joffrey. I did... I did the program for a year. And while that program is, I think, traditionally four years, I, once I completed high school, uh, my parents popped up again. They were like, hello, it is time for you to go to college. I guess mom and dad, I hear you. <laughs> and off I went. Uh, so I ended up applying to a lot of schools and ending, and I ended up um, going back to Ohio and going to the University of Cincinnati. Yep. And that is actually... A good segue into my next question for you. So you attended Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music and graduated with a BFA in ballet. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. Why did you go to college instead of dancing professionally after your time at Joffrey? Was this because of, you know, your parents kind of having their say or did you know you wanted a degree as well? A little bit of both. I mean, my parents were definitely the financial stakeholders. <laughs> <laughs> and had some pretty strong opinions about what, what was going to happen next. Right. Um, but I had, I've, I've never been, again, in the same line that I don't think I had a moment where I was like, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I just sort of thought this is what happened. kind of happens. Um, I didn't, I was never the type of dancer who was like, I don't want to do anything else. Um, I always have had other interests. I've always had other hobbies. I've always kind of been an eclectic person. Um, mm -hmm. And so I tossed back and forth doing everything else. Um, I applied to, I think, like 10 or 12 schools. I feel <laughs> it was a lot. Um, I'll and I, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think when you're going into something so niche and so kind of risky, it's, right. you have to. Um, yeah. And I had a lot of different, like ways I was going to think about doing this. So, you know, I had applied to schools that were academically focused um, and where I could like be a trainee with a company nearby or something. And I applied to schools that were conservatories and I applied to schools that I was as an art history major, but where I was like, okay, I'm just going to kind of scrap dance and I'm going to walk away. Um, so ultimately what it really came down to is Cincinnati was in state. It's, uh, I, uh, uh, the University of Cincinnati allows you to co-op so you can spend um, the last two years of your program dancing with a company either as like a trainee or a second company member. Some people even go on to be company members with those companies. Um, and so I knew I wasn't signing up for something for four years, which was really important to me. I've, again, I've, I've always been hopping around. And so it was important to me that I got a really diverse experience during those early college years. Mm -hmm. And you did really well, though, in your academic life as well. I mean, you got into some prestigious colleges, if I <laughs> remember as well. So very versatile, smart, smart person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have... Um... I did apply to some more prestigious institutions <laughs> um, and I, oh. it, it, it's always kind of a, a what if like what would my life have been like if I had gone this more academic route um, and I think as I get into my mid-20s things are sort of starting to circle back a little bit on those moments and, and some of my academic interests things like anatomy have come back and surprised me later in life and I'm like okay yeah this 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 was all leading somewhere that's awesome yeah yeah so much more than just physically dancing right within the dance field and so many different ways to weave in 
your different interests or your different skill sets, um, something we're kind of, yeah, learning as we, we go along for sure. 100%. Yeah, I think I definitely didn't understand that as a child. But later in life, I'm so glad that I stuck with dance because I think there is so much space within the industry um, and so many ways to be a dancer. Yeah, it's not just one route. No. There are many avenues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So during your time at CCM, you studied abroad. Tell us about your journey in China. How did the Beijing Dance Academy compare to schools in the United States? Wow, yeah. Um, Wow. When I was at, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, was at the University of Cincinnati, I was able to study abroad with the Beijing Dance Academy, um, which was a wild experience. It, it was so, it was so pivotal for me, I think. Um, I think personally, socially, emotionally, all the things, uh, it is the most independent I've ever felt in my life. Um, uh, for quite a few reasons. Um, I, I Language barrier being a big, big chunk mm -hmm. of that. Um, I don't, I had no language skills whatsoever when I arrived. Um, but I, I studied at the Beijing Dance Academy. I was there for one semester and um, it was part of an exchange program through the University of Cincinnati. I believe they had a couple students, um, not the semester that I was there, but a couple students who would come to the, um, Cincinnati on the in-between and I was there with two other um, men from my dance program and we were enrolled in two separate tracks the the, the school would not let us be part of the, the performances and the rehearsal processes since we weren't um, official matriculating students um, but we spent our mornings in the ballet program and then the afternoons in the modern program modern contemporary um and the ballet program was very much like a Vaganova um you know strict yeah. queer crystal ballet program it, it, it ballet is pretty universal there are some differences but um that was very easy to kind of just settle into because it's it's something we've all seen before. Um, I didn't have to know the language to keep up. Uh, tondu is a tondu no matter where you are in the world. <laughs> um, and so while there are a few cultural differences in the way the classes are conducted, it's it's largely the same. Um, what was wildly different, the, um, again, I believe it was a modern contemporary program. Um, I don't think it's like an exact translation for the, the, the genre or style that we were doing. Um, but I believe that it was intended to be more of a preparation to create choreographers, dance academics, um, maybe dance instructors. Um, so the classes ran from 4 p.m. till 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. And it was a straight six hour class. And <laughs> um, there, there were no like official breaks during that time. You just were in the classroom. Like, what wow. do you um, and so we weren't dancing that entire time. There was a lot of conversation. Um, and so like a, a small group of people would go and they would present something and then everyone would talk. And um, obviously a lot of that went over my head. <laughs> but again, there's a lot that, you know, dance is very universal and it is, it, it is very, if you can study one subject matter without knowing what's going on, it's dance. Um, and yeah, so I think it was very, it was a very eye-opening experience for me. Um, and I think I got a really unique take on how the rest of the world understands the um, like onstage art form of dance. Um, yeah. That sounds incredible. Also very intimidating was... and I'm sure just overall a very, <laughs> rewarding experience yeah I, yeah I mean I cried a lot that's because I was very like I mean it was definitely one of the most challenging experiences in my life and, and one of the most isolating experiences in my life um there were there were people who spoke English um but not not a lot of people who spoke 
fluently. Um, but I think I learned a lot of like self-reliance skills <laughs> and, and um, you know, kind of the, the grit that this, this art form takes. Um, so, yeah. Right. Wow. So besides this experience abroad, what do you value most about your overall college dance experience? Yeah, I um, I think the thing that was really nice about going to school in Cincinnati was it was sort of similar to my experience growing up in Toledo. Um, the University of Cincinnati had a lot of resources. The space is stunning and the conservatory is internationally acclaimed. Um, and I think it is really fun. I, when I think when I think back to that time, I just think about the energy um, of having everybody kind of in the thick of it for four years, sticking it out as a group together. Um, and we, you know, and, and the ability to do like it, it's so funny as you get if you don't kind of fall into a full time company later in life. Often, if you're doing freelance project based work. You're, the, the productions get smaller and smaller <laughs> as you get older because the budget is smaller and smaller. An academic budget is amazing. And, um, you know, we just doing these huge performances, big, full length, swan lakes. So I really do, I miss that at times. Um, and I think those are like my fondest memories of that experience. I think also the, um, again, I, I didn't, because I went to a conservatory, I couldn't double major. I couldn't, um, take a lot of classes outside of my major. I was pretty much in ballet class every day. Um, but later on I did co-op um, and I did go on and uh, dance in San Francisco. And during that time, I sort of had, like I was still enrolled in the school so I could take whatever classes I wanted to online. Um, so I would take things like philosophy and film and like, uh, you know, women in art and, and just things that were of interest to me because I was enrolled and why not? Um, so I do miss the ability to just take classes for fun <laughs> and, and to keep learning and keep growing and, and how those things that I was studying would weave in with my experience professionally in the dance world. Kind of going off of that, you just mentioned San Francisco. So how did your time at Alonzo King Lines at their training program impact your time as a dancer? Like overall, do you feel it made you a more versatile dancer? Oh yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so in my junior year of college, I auditioned, or well, I guess in my, in my sophomore year, I auditioned for the Alonzo King Lines Ballet Training Program, and I attended my junior and senior year of college. And that program, I think it was the, it was the right fit at the right time for me. Um, I think by the time I got to my sophomore year of college, I came back from China, and I sort of was like, hmm. <laughs> I would go, I would go to ballet company auditions, and I was like, this, this isn't right for me. There's something about this that just isn't, it, it's not aligning for me um, and where, and who I am as an artist. And, um, you know, I, I, I would go and like to an audition and I would get cut at the door for being too tall. And I was like, this, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> this, isn't, this is not going to be a sustainable. Yeah a sustainable career path and it's not good for me emotionally and and while it will work for other people I was like I I think there there has to be another avenue um and I kind of had the idea that I wanted to do more contemporary work especially after being in China and my six-hour classes um and so and I wasn't and, and the program at Cincinnati was a ballet program and so I had gone to a couple auditions and multiple times, somebody at the end of the audition would come up to me from the from behind the table and be like, you know, we really liked you, but, you know, you're not the right fit for X, Y, and Z reason. And we really think you should look at this program in San Francisco. Yeah. 
wine ballot what is that <laughs> I don't even know this isn't even on my radar like um but it happened enough times that I was like all right universe I'm gonna listen what is this place so wait um, literally multiple people told you specifically about lines at different auditions yeah and like they oh. were like we really feel like you need to look at it and I was like and I and I don't know really at the time I had a pixie cut <laughs> I think that was giving me like ballet edge vibes <laughs> 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 might have been yeah <laughs> might have been part of the picture I don't know um but yes clearly the world was like shoving a finger at me and being like you gotta go look at this thing and it was 100% I went to one audition I absolutely loved the class and I was like all right this is something we have to do um and it proved to be, I think it was, when I think about my training, those two years were the most rigorous and the most, um, the, the program is extremely like heart-centered. Um, everything is about uncovering you as the artist. Um, and while it's a ballet-based program, it is 100% a contemporary program. Um, and it, I feel like every, every semester they just are like peeling back a different layer of who you are <laughs> um so those two years were extremely challenging I think the other thing that was so hard was adapting to so many different types of work my I feel I, I remember just feeling like my body was like going in 20 different directions at the same time um that it, the thing about ballet training is it, it really teaches you how to do one thing and and you don't learn that that skill of adaptability all the time um and so yeah I was I just remember being so tired all the time <laughs> but I did really really love it um and the teachers there are phenomenal um so passionate about what they do um yeah so just to clarify Kathleen <laughs> so were you able to continue your work at CCM and also like receive credit for doing yes. the lines program okay yeah so I basically I got like it was considered a co-op so it's it it the equivalent in another industry of an internship um and I would get credit for the classes I took at lines and then there were like a few random classes that I had to take online through the University of Cincinnati like dance history like things that lines very clearly didn't offer um like ballet history I think was one of them um like I had dance history or, or, or the equivalent of dance history at lines but I didn't have ballet history um and then again the remainder of my time because the lines credits only added up to like you know it, 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 the, the numbers were somewhat fudged so it's like 10 to 12 credits I had six between eight to six six to eight credits to spend on whatever I wanted and so I would take online classes of my choice during that time Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I figured that's what it was yeah. kind of all piecing up to <laughs> seem to be like, yeah. wow. So that that's was, like it, it, it was really, it was very serendipitous. Like I, I got to have this academic experience, but I did, I, I mean, I, in the end, I only spent a year and a half on campus in Cincinnati. <laughs> I, mean, I I was jumping all around the country and getting out there in my early 20s, which I think is really important and getting a lot of different instruction from a lot of different teachers. Um, so I, it was, that is probably the most valuable thing about that school to me. It was my ability to do so much else. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and I feel like I'm still learning things about you, but you're like yeah I did this and that and the other thing and I'm like aren't you only 26 how did you do all this? yeah but your yeah. your experiences kind of overlapped and I think that's really that's a lot of overlapping and important in your life and now you kind of set yourself up to I don't know to to use what you had in your past and kind of bring it forward and I don't know. I just think it's it's really cool and interesting. Um, and something I was just like, well, you are young and you have a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah, and I do feel lucky that I, yeah, I think I packed a lot of things into my early 20s and saw a lot and I kind of was able to like, I think a lot of times like we did, if, if you did the college route, 
um, you get out of school after your four-year program, you're like, all right, now I have to figure out who I am. This is overwhelming. I got to get a job. I got to pay the rent. I got to, I, I hope I can dance and I have to figure out who I am as an artist. And I feel like I got to sample more than a lot of people in those, in those earlier years. And so I had a better sense of where I was heading. I still had a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, trial and error in those first years, but I did have a little more clarity about who I was from oh, seeing yeah. so much. Oh, for sure. That's what our 20s are meant for, right? Is yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, in like, I'm, I'm still in the thick of it. <laughs> but right. I did get a lot of the, the error out of my system in that time. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. And you also at lines you did administrative stuff as well. So tell us how you got involved with that, Kathleen. Like that's just another avenue of just like I was like, what? She did administrative work for lines too. <laughs> yeah. So I graduated. Uh, what I graduated from both the training program and college, um, I was quite injured. Um, I had a floating bone in my foot and a fracture and a whole, it was a whole, it was a whole story. Um, but I had sort of missed, you know, I, I still even coming out of lines, even though that program does really drive home for you, like, hey, a lot of dancers are freelance and this is going to be part of it. And like, they're going to be gaps in your resume and you're going to, you know, you're going to be in and out of work for a long time. Um, I still sort of had this like tunnel vision mindset where I was going to like do my company auditions in January and February and get my headshots out and do this very, what I thought I had to do. And then sure enough, I was injured and I was like, oh no, well, this is not, this is not good. I'm graduating. I don't know what to do. Um, I went home for like a month or two to recover and do some PT. And when I, and then I had like a two to three month window between when um I got or when I was done with my PT and when I was uh my lease was up in San Francisco and I was like well I guess I'll go back to San Francisco and you know I like I had a, a weekend job doing retail and I was like I'll go back and I'll, I'll you know I'll wrap that up and tie up the loose ends and you know then I'll probably have to figure out what's next in my life. And I had no idea what that was. Um, but I went back and Kara Abiag, who's the director of the training program there, approached me one day after I was taking open class. And she was like, so we need somebody to take over the training program coordinator position. Would that be of interest to you? And I kind of was like, me? I was like, I don't have any administrative experience. You know, I, 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 by this point, I had worked at like a desk at a yoga studio, but I, computers, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and she was like, you have common sense and you have the, the ability to prioritize tasks and you know, you know, this program. And I was like, all right. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this is kind of right for me right now. It was, it was like 25 hours a week. Um, it kept me in the thick of it. Like I, I felt like I was still in, in the world, um, which has been something that's been really important to me later on in life. I think in, as you, if you, again, if you are a freelance dancer, you will have gaps in your resume, especially during the early years. It's just how it works. The pandemic has made that like 10 times worse for all of us. Um, but it's been so important to me that my other jobs help me lift up my dancing and don't just drain my energy mm -hmm. um and so this was this was one that could and um I was like all right and and I can take open class you know I can pop out of the desk and I can go take class come back and I felt like I was having an impact on how um students going through the training program um their experiences they were going through it so yeah I did that for about a year and it was it was tough. It was challenging. It was a lot more responsibility than I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but it definitely equipped me with a lot of just basic skills that I'm I'm so glad I have now, especially now having my own business and doing other stuff. It has been really helpful. Yeah, and I can I can attest to that because when I started working for Alden <laughs> Studio and I was doing admin responsibility, I asked Kathleen so many questions because I just didn't have the kind of background that you did 
and I could just tell that you're like, oh yeah, I got all this. Like I'm very comfortable with that. Let me show you, Hannah. It's gonna be okay. I'm going in. I will help it. I'm going in. I love Google Sheets. Google Sheets is my best friend. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, and I think it's it's so true. Like I I I wish it it was a very challenging time because I do remember like like guest artists coming up to like they would come in and and you know I would I would be showing them around the space and they'd be like oh are you like a dancer too and I was like yeah and they were like well why don't you dance anymore and that happened enough times that it hurt I mean it it really was challenging and tough to hear that over and over again and so part of my mission is sort of just destigmatizing the the time we have off of dance um in in my longer career and um but I uh I feel like college is great, but I didn't learn a single administrative skill in college. And all of us who go out and we, even if, even if you are with a company, there's so much emphasis or a full-time company, there's so much emphasis now on your personal brand and and who you are as an artist. Um, But especially if you are an independent artist, you are running your own business and there's so much that you need to know. and the, it is all helpful. And if you can develop any administrative skills, it is going to help you in your own journey later on. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, we, did not, we did not touch Google Sheets in college. No. Oh. Yeah, Kristen, you don't remember doing that, right? Google Sheets. I was like, I don't think so. And we did take an arts administration class together. Nice. No, I didn't take that. I didn't take that. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You didn't take that. Well, I took one, but still, like, I would definitely argue that, like, it does not compare at all to actually being out there and having the actual experience doing so. And I, I would argue too, to some degree, that what we were being taught was like a little bit outdated, especially for, I mean, now even the bigger shifts that have happened since COVID became a thing yeah. and yeah <laughs> I'm sure yeah. having that firsthand experience did wonders for you yeah I think also being seeing the inside of a larger dance organization was really important like seeing how these um places operate what happens to your like what happens to resumes when they show up on somebody's desk <laughs> like mm-hmm. that has been really pivotal in the way I now you know, go out and audition in the world and right. yeah, seeing how money is allocated, all this stuff is really valuable to see from the inside. Absolutely. All right. So to segue a little bit into your teaching, what does that all kind of looked like for you? You've taught at various places all over. It probably yeah. sounds like now from all the <laughs> you've done and yeah. yeah, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I've taught a lot. Um, I started teaching, again, pretty much immediately after graduating because I had that that period of time that I was like, all right, I got to make an income and I am not able to dance at the moment. So I pretty much immediately started teaching for the, the teens at Lines program and a little or a smaller school um, outside of San Francisco in South San Francisco. And I immediately fell in love with it I was like okay this is this this is what I imagined when I thought about the side hustle that was gonna again fulfill me and align with what my goals are um and not drain me um and so I have I pretty much I think taught ever since I think I had a little bit of a gap when I first moved out to New York where I wasn't teaching but it's always been part of the picture I think I was very I primarily taught ballet and I think it's been really important to me to teach ballet in a way that feels like it has some contemporary perspective and it's got, um, it feels fresh and it feels accessible and a little more equitable. And that is very challenging, (laughs) but a good challenge is something I really enjoy. and has kind of kept me interested Mm -hmm. no definitely I can 
I can tell that you you like teaching the ballet <laughs> just from watching ballet. you teach. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you have any favorite age groups or anything? Favorite age groups? I mean, I love I love all my children equally, but not really. Uh, <laughs> I really, I mean, to be fair, I really love teaching adults. Teaching adults is very fun for me. Um, Hannah sometimes takes my adult class. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every Tuesday night now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yeah. Class. I good class. We do we do the tomlies. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, so I do love teaching adults because that's a whole other, a whole other ball game. But my, my, I think my favorite age for children, I love the like six, seven, eight year olds when they're still young and they're still feisty and they're not, they don't necessarily have like all the dance baggage yet. They may not even be aware of it, but they're, you know, we're at a point where I can start to teach them not only like the, the etiquette and the the format of the ballet class but a little bit of the like the fundamentals and they can like hold more than one concept in their brains at once which is fun um they also appreciate humor mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fun for me yeah, yeah and for example like when I so last year I was doing administrative work while Kathleen was teaching and so many times like she'd have her students they'd be like Kathleen can I show this step and we had like these kids would say it over and over again but I think they just wanted to show off to you and this was the age the age group that you were talking yeah. about right like you know they love to demonstrate <laughs> they're total show off yeah and but you can tell that you just love teaching them um so that was really fun for me to see um, until over here. Let's talk a little bit about yoga and massage. So how did you get involved in both of these things? Tell us how they support your dance career. Oh boy. So this is a whole other topic. Um, So I started, well, yeah, again, backtracking to my injured times. Um, I've had many injured times, but my primary injured time right after, I graduated, I started working at a desk at a yoga studio, like just on the weekends, just to make a little extra cash. It was easy, pretty low maintenance job. I liked that, you know, I, I, I interviewed at the studio and I was like, oh, very peaceful. And, you know, I can drink my coffee and work at the desk and make polite conversation. And with that, I was able to take um, class for free. And so I started going, you know, when, even before I could go back to dance classes, I felt like I was ready to go and take a few yoga classes. So I started going to yoga and I went to yoga a lot and it was really amazing to finally find this space where I could move again, but it didn't, there was no pressure. It, you know, I, I, it occurred to me finally that it was like all the places that I move everyone is trying to make it a career. I don't move with anybody who's just moving for a hobby. Um, or to you know get their body up and moving again it's it's always about career it's always feeling competitive it's always you know it's always about the next thing and this was a different um space uh where I could feel different and so once I had started at the yoga studio um at the desk I heard through the grapevine somewhere that they offered teacher training at a reduced cost for people who worked at the desk for a certain amount of time and I was like okay this sounds like a good idea this might be a little bit of I I think by then I had taught enough at enough dance studios to realize that a lot of dance schools really value if you have a certification in in something um because you know with some with some exceptions like the ABT certification system and the RAD certification system there aren't a, there's no regulation for dance teachers people come out of college and then they have to start teaching and like and they have no actual education in how to teach children um and so i think a lot of studios appreciate if you have a pilates certification or if you have a yoga certification if you're a personal trainer if you have something on a piece of paper that says I've done continuing education in some form so I was like okay this might this might be worth doing um and you know maybe I'll teach at a few yoga studios 
Um, so I stayed with the same yoga company when I did eventually move back to New York in 2019. And I later did my certification through Yoga Works and I graduated from yoga teacher training in March of 2020, right before the lockdown. <laughs> I got my paper like two weeks into lockdown, I think. And I pretty much started teaching immediately online. Lots of people were twiddling their thumbs in that time and pretty much ready to start any new activity that was offered to them. So <laughs> it was actually a pretty fruitful time for me. And then I, I think very quickly I realized that I really liked working with private clients and I really liked like investigating people's experience of their bodies one-on-one. I liked the close work that I could have and the close relationship I could have with clients. Um, and so I kind of knew that I would teach in yoga studios because it was still a skill I enjoyed, but that was kind of where I was headed. In 2020, we had a pandemic, if anyone forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I definitely started to question my choice in career, because, as I think we all did. <laughs> and I thought, I need to make some other options. And, you know, this might, I might be able to dance again. We'll see how things go. But in the meantime, I need to find some other options. And I, my lease was almost up and I was like, all right. I'm not going to resign a lease in New York City. It is way too expensive for me to live here and not dance for the next foreseeable future. I just, I can't, I can't justify this in my mind. And so I went back to Toledo, hung out with my parents and I was like, how am I going to use this time wisely? I I need, I I think I really need to start thinking about what other, other things I can do with my life um, for, for security. And, you know, I had a conversation with my mom and she's like, well, you know, you've always been interested in anatomy. Like, you know, you could go to, you could go to PT school or, you know, we could talk about you getting your master's. Um, but like, it feels like you should go back to school right now. I said, okay. Um, and while I've, I've definitely tossed back and forth getting my master's in something dance related, it just didn't seem to be in alignment with what I needed at that time. Um, it, you know, I was, I wasn't seeing greater career prospects if I got my master's in that moment um, with the pandemic and PT school was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be the next like six years of my life. I'm going to have to start from scratch. I, I can't do this right now. And then my mom kind of looked at me, she's like, well, what about, I think there's a massage school in Toledo. I was like, all right. <laughs> and I had had um, various body workers over the years that had really left a strong impression with me um and some really solid work uh okay this could be this could be interesting and I have about a year to kill um and time off and and I kind of I kind of sat back and I thought about what my life could look like post-pandemic if that ever came and I kind of had a vision where I was like all right I could do I could go to massage school and in theory, I could become my own business owner. Should be should be totally easy. Nothing nothing to worry about. I'll I'll be able to see clients on the side, and I'll you know make enough money to make ends meet, and then I'll dance to my heart's desire. And so I went to massage school. <laughs> it hasn't been quite that easy, but that is that was the plan. Um, and yeah, so I I enrolled in massage school. I spent about two years when all was said and done in massage school um, between Ohio and New York. And now I'm officially a massage therapist and I offer largely private yoga and massage sessions through a wellness center in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And I am so happy. <laughs> yeah, you're doing, you're doing the thing, which is really exciting for yeah. you. Your, your business is kind of taking off now. I was able to write Kathleen a testimonial and it was, it was fun to do for me. Um, and I so- practiced a lot on Hannah's calves. <laughs> hey, not a bad trade-off. I- no. <laughs> and I also would give our, our, we would go back and forth doing massages in school. And so, you know, um, it, it's fun to have Kathleen cause she knows what she's doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, Kathleen, help me. Um, so she she reached out and she said, Will you write a testimonial for my website? I said, Heck yeah. So um, Hannah's highly featured on my website. <laughs> I'm I'm highly I have pictures. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple um, pictures of Hannah on my website too. <laughs> <laughs> uh so going forward, like how did that the yoga and the massage therapy affect your dancing? Like does does it at all? Like I know it probably right. supports it but um can you talk a little bit about that really quick oh yeah definitely um in a number of ways I think well yoga yoga in particular I got a lot of really concrete teaching skills out of doing a teacher training program I've learned a lot about like group management especially group management of adults teaching yoga in, in class settings um and my like my my body and my physicality has changed drastically since doing um yoga and working with clients one-on-one -on -one. um that's just you know indisputable my understanding of the way things work internally is really different um and yeah um that there, yeah that there's there's no doubt about that I think massage maybe to a lesser degree. It's um, not quite as clearly interwoven with dance. Um, however, mm -hmm. I feel like the fact that I'm a dancer and um, working with my body all day long, 100% plays into my quality as a massage therapist. Um, there's that feedback. I think the one like kind of hidden thing with massage therapy that pops up and maybe I haven't gotten to experience to the full extent because we've just been partnering less since the pandemic I think but partnering being able to like I, I you know all of massage is about being able to distribute your weight and it's very similar to um, some of the things you learn in a contact improv contemporary class like how do you share with a partner and how do you approach your person coming you know lightly in to touch somebody and then lightly releasing all those things are very similar um, to what you would experience working with people. So yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that I don't think about all the time. And then it occurs to me and I'm like, yeah, this is sort of like a dance <laughs> as I'm working. Um, it definitely, I think, has made me a stronger teacher. I have a little bit more education in injury and risk management and some like basic pathologies and, and you know, kind of what current recommendations on treatment are. You know, I've been drilled on my anatomy for the last two two years, so that is pretty clear right now. Um, so yeah, it it is all it is all related, and then obviously financially, this supported me. I think the one on the business end of the perspective that's been really important. Like I having my own business has really forced me to confront a lot of my vulnerabilities and insecurities <laughs> um, around selling and talking about myself and talking about my value, um, especially to people who aren't dancers. Um, like I'm very, I think dancers were really used to talking to each other, but we don't really know how to sell to people that aren't dancers. Being a massage therapist and a yoga instructor, I have to talk to everybody and I have to talk about my value to everybody. Um, so I've had to really kind of come out of my shell, get comfy with writing, get comfy with putting myself out there, um, and hearing my own voice. And that's been positive in the dance world too. I think that like, it's a, it's an underrated skill that we kind of avoid as dancers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This has all been so Cool to hear about congratulations on all of these recent accomplishments and like Hannah said it just it really sounds like it's all unfolded so seamlessly and you're out there you're doing it you're making it work and it seems like just all your different passions and interests have just found little ways to to crop up and help you do what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Kathleen, you have embodiment essentials. That's your business. Yes. Mm -hmm. What services do you provide and where can people access your services? Yeah. Um, so about it, yes, embodiment essentials is my business. Um, it is it is exactly what it sounds like. Embodiment, E M 
E-M-B-O-D-I-M-E-N-T Essentials. And it is basically a conglomeration of all the things that I'm interested in. So that is how I independently market myself as a dance instructor, a dancer, as well as a massage therapist and yoga instructor. Primarily right now I'm offering um, private yoga and one owner and uh, duet style yoga um, sessions as well as massage therapy. Um, if you're interested in working with me, it will be a party. Um, and, and you, um, you can find out more about my offerings on my website. That's embodimentessentials.com or, or you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's usually the fastest way to reach me at, at K Bosselman. That's K as in kite, B-O-S-T-L-E-M-A-N. Awesome. And <laughs> to wrap it all up, if you could see yourself, I know this is hard to answer, but and the next couple of years, you know, what are your short and short and long-term goals as a dancer, massage therapist, and teacher? Um, all the things. Uh, <laughs> I I would really, you know, I I will I want to spend the next 20, 25 years because I think my body is gonna do great. Um, and everything's gonna go very well. Um, but I want to dance as much as possible over the next few years. And I would really love to get to a place financially um, and schedule wise where I have a little bit more freedom to do my own work. Um, so I was kind of part of the vision of starting my own business was that I might be able to eventually segue into choreographing a little bit more. And I want to help all the people work on all the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today if you're in new york city please check out her business she's a wonderful person and uh, can provide a lot of great services so thank you so much yes thank you it was so thank great to meet you and learn about you thank you so much for having me you guys thanks for tuning into abundance we appreciate your support we hope to have pk in your interest Feel free to contact us at AbundancePodcast5678 at gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear. That is Abundance without parentheses. Go dance yourself silly. Bye for now. A special thank you to Richard D. Fiore for our lovely podcast tune and Matt Mellish for our cover art.